Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Kids, it is the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. And let me tell you right up front, everybody listen to the that's listening to the show. If you have any kids in the room, you might want to put them away. <laughs> if you're listening to this in the car with the kids, you might want to wait till you drop them off at school because we are going to earn the explicit tag tonight. This is going to be Nerd Cave Retro After Dark. Yes. <laughs> and I think people know why it's going to be. Let's just call it. We're going to call it Bitch Fest 2016. That's what's going to happen tonight. Let, let me write that down so I can be sure to to add that into the uh, into the title because I I will forget. So so basically, uh, Derek knew pretty early on today what uh, the show was going to be about because last night. Well, you, you've been out of town for a few days, so you haven't gotten to see. Usually, we. Um, we update the Google Doc throughout the week so that we know what each other's going to be talking about. You know, we put in uh, our news stuff in there. Um, but this week, I don't have any news in the retro news, but I did write this, and I was waiting for Derek's reaction. <laughs> Bitch fest about how <laughs> Nintendo needs to get their fucking head out of their asses and quit botching their goddamn product launches. And Derek wrote today, he said... Yeah, I just read the Google Doc. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just stood up and went. It's the only thing. I mean, it, even if there was retro news, I would forego it just yeah. for this whole thing. Because I've been sitting because we didn't do a show this past week. Yeah, I've been sitting on this since November 11th, almost a full week. 
Well, let's we're, ex- we're recording this on uh, on a Thursday because I'm yeah. going out of town again. Well, so. let's just let everybody know. Last week we didn't have a show this last week because I was in I was in Disney, and I was coming back on Sunday. We record Sunday nights, but I was you know we drove ten hours to get back home, and I was just not in any shape to do a show. So we decided to go ahead and just you know let's just take a few days to think about everything that happened because on Friday when I was in Disney, my whole plan was as soon as the NES was the, the NES mini was released on Amazon. I've got the Amazon app on my phone. I was just going to order it on Amazon on prime. That way it would be here on Monday, the day after I get home, be a nice little surprise to come home to. After, you know, being on vacation, come home to my NES Mini, basically waiting on me when I get home. But no. makes sense. But no. Yet another, yet another, another botched product launch by Nintendo. I mean, seriously, do they not have social media people working at that company? How did they not know how many people wanted to have this system? And... each store got what like two three oh i i have i have a story about that whenever you're done you you go ahead because i'm just i'm getting angrier and i need to calm down (laughs) okay so from my side i live about a block away from a target so i'm thinking okay target opens at eight i'll go there early get in line if, if there is one i figure there might there might be a small line but I didn't think it would be anything major. So I'm like, I'll get there, you know, 15, 20 minutes early. So I do that and I see like a, a small crowd, maybe 10 people or so. I'm like, okay, that, that's not too bad. Get a nice second row parking spot. I'm like, this is great. And I'll say this I can't stand smug people mm-hmm. who are smug for no reason whatsoever. So I walk up to the door. And this guy's standing there, and he just looks like the most smug son of a bitch I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He has this really, like, I like I got one over on you look on his face. And he says, are you here for the NES? And I said, yeah. And he said, sold out. And I said, what? He said, yeah, sold out. Only eight in stock. Says it exactly like that. And mm-hmm. he's flashing this little number, like, because I guess he was one of the eight that got one. So it was like, he was just rubbing it in. He's like, well, you, you might be able to get one at, uh, at GameStop or, or Best Buy, but I doubt it. What an ass. I know. I wanted to, I wanted to punch him. I wanted to break his glasses on his face. Uh, so I was like, well, this sucks. So I'm like, well, there's only eight in stock. I'm not going to be able to go to Best Buy when they open at nine. Cause I have to be at work at nine. Mm-hmm. So I, I overhear from the uh, – because someone else walks up as I'm leaving, and that guy is just as big of a dick to them as he is to me. And uh, he said, but you know, Amazon is going to be doing their – they're going to release their stock at 2, uh, 2 Pacific time, so 4 for us. So I'm like, okay, I'll just get all my work done so that way I can sit there you know, at 5 or 10 minutes until 4 and try and get it. So get all my work done. We fast forward to four o'clock Central Standard Time. 
I'm sitting there, you know, I've got all the other windows, everything. I've closed Photoshop, Premiere, everything. The only thing that's running is Google Chrome, just so the computer won't be slowed down by anything. Mm -hmm. So I hit refresh a couple of times, and I'm thinking, okay, it might just take a minute to, to kick in. So I keep doing it over and over and over. This goes on for about three to four minutes. And then... I see the option pop up. It says, you know, $59.99. So I'm like, fuck yes. Hmm. I'm about to get my mini NES. Click on it. It goes to the, you know, the main display page where they show all the specific information and everything. Yeah. And then I and then I click add to cart. And then we go to the cart screen and it says, sorry, your cart is empty. Hmm. So like, okay. See, I couldn't even get that far. And then I try it again, and it just takes me back to the main Amazon page. So then I keep trying, and eventually the whole page crashes. And all you see is just this white screen of nothing. Mm -hmm. So I did not get my mini NES like I had hoped for. Yeah, and we had had a little thread going on Facebook that afternoon, and what was it like five minutes after uh, Amazon had released their stock or what I was trying to get it on Amazon and couldn't um, immediately, you know how they have the new little tab on Facebook where uh, it's like people selling things. And yeah, it's, it's down. At oh, the this, bottom. this, this is a whole nother thing. Yeah. And it immediately pops up. The first thing on there is someone holding a mini NES wanted $400 for it. This is like oh my god. 4 415 in the afternoon. The day it came out. And I'm like go to hell you jerk off. Like I nothing bothers me more than people that do that shit. They'll go and buy something and then turn around, immediately try to like jack the price up on eBay for something like it's not that I can't wait. For this, like, and you know, I, I know there's going to be more made, and I'm going to eventually get one. But who is going to end up paying like four hundred dollars for the mini NES? Like, what are these people thinking? Or is there really people out there that are going to pay that kind of money to buy one of these? Yeah, I, I'm trying to find the thread because I completely went off on this person because there was a girl. We're me and Robbie are part of this Facebook group called the Milton Pace, uh, like buy sell page. Or whatever. I mean, there's one for everywhere. Yeah. So this woman is selling a mini NES for three hundred dollars, and Robbie posted this on the Nerd Cave page, and I said, "Screw people!" I said, "Screw her and anyone else like her," because. It pisses me off that people like me who have wanted something like this, we've been talking about it ever since this podcast started. Ever since this was announced, this has been something that I really wanted. Yeah. And the fact that some dumb bitch like you is lucky enough to get one and then you sell it just so you can make extra money. Fuck you and fuck people like you. Exactly. I have no respect for people like that. No, it just it drives me up a wall because this happens with every product launch. Like any, you know, the PlayStation 3s were this way. 
You remember when the PlayStation 3 came out and immediately when people were turning around and selling them for like $2,000 on eBay? And was, oh, yeah. And all the, all the gaming the same thing. have been like that. And, and I don't know if this is some sort of strategy by Nintendo. I've read a lot of articles about it, about how this is somehow Nintendo's strategy to create um, fake shortages to get more... Um, to be, get people talking about it more and like I, which I don't really get that. And if that is their strategy is to create um, scarcity to make it more popular, then fuck right off Nintendo. I'm not going to be a fanboy anymore. It just, this is the same thing that happened with the Wii. They did this for the, the entire run of the Wii almost creating artificial scarcity. And it, they did it at the product launch and it just if this is part of nintendo's strategy or are they just completely incompetent from the from the top down i just i don't get it i i can't even formulate my thoughts because i'm so angry about the whole thing right now the way you kind of put it is either nintendo is too stupid to know what they're doing or they're just being really shady and i don't like that i don't either I, it's I know Zach and Robbie talked about this uh, on the nerd cave. I wasn't able to be on the show this week, but um, my opinion and I'm the Nintendo fan of the three of us on that show. And I am the most angry at them because they, they were I guess, defending Nintendo in a way. I can't remember the specifics, but they kind of handled it very poorly from the beginning because you couldn't pre-order it anywhere. Yeah. You couldn't pre-order it at GameStop, which shocked me. Yeah. That absolutely shocked me. They were like, no, we're it's first come, first serve. And that's the thing. You know, Nintendo could have gauged this by doing some sort of pre-order thing yes. to know how many they were going to need. And just by, if they'd have had half-assed competent social media people, they would have known how many units of this thing they would have needed to I mean to make everybody happy they would have made so much money why are you why do you hate making money nintendo i don't I, why do you hate taking my money why do you hate me as a fan really i mean this is almost feels like the last straw for me like i'm almost to the point i'm so angry about this that i don't know if i'm going to buy a switch now i'm definitely not going to buy it at launch they they may have pissed me off to, at at this point to the point where I'm not going to forgive them this time. Well, I'll say this: like my only hope is that they learn from their mistake. I hope that once they release another shipment, they release way more because I heard they only release like fifty thousand. Yeah, which is. Absolutely mind blowing. Dumb. They should have had half a million units. Easy. Yes. So if they release a ton more in time for Christmas, then I think in time people will, I don't want to say forget about it, but they'll be like, okay, we have our mini NES. Let's move on. Yeah. And just, and just don't do the same thing for the switch because I know a lot of people who have wanted one that are very upset about this. Well, yeah, I'm one of them. Oh, I, I'm I'm right there with you. No, I I totally agree. Like I was actually like 
I was sitting there at work and when I couldn't get it on Amazon, like I was legitimately angry to the point where I couldn't even focus yeah. on anything. Cause I'm like, I cannot believe that, you know, Nintendo releases something that a lot of people want. People can cash in on the, on the nostalgia right before Christmas and they screw it up. And it is stuff like this that makes it hard for people like us to defend them. When, yeah, you know, exactly. I, I go on I go on my other show and I hear about how poorly Nintendo does and I try to defend them and they do something like this and it, it makes it impossible, really. Exactly. I'm not going to be a Nintendo apologist anymore after this. No, I I, I totally it, get it. I mean, because I, this, this right here, I have been a Nintendo fan for 30 years. Since 1986, I have been a Nintendo fan, and I bought, I got my first Nintendo for my 12th birthday and uh, or 11th birthday in 1988. I got my own Nintendo, and I've been a fan. I love that that machine. I bought a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo, a Nintendo 64. I had a um a, a GameCube. I have a Wii. I never bought the Wii U. But I was really looking forward to this and a Switch. But yeah, I feel like I've given them 30 years of my life as a fan, and they turn around and piss in my mouth is what they've what I feel like they've done for this launch. It's like it, I feel so unappreciated as a, a Nintendo fan. And if this is artificial scarcity that they've been known to do in the past instead of just putting the number of consoles out there that people want or even do some, doing something as simple as a pre-order to, to know how many they need to make. Whether they screwed this up or they're screwing with us, Nintendo, you, you fucked up one too many times. I'm almost to the point of being done, if not done already. I'm so angry about this whole deal i just i don't get it i i don't understand like e either whichever one is true either them being incompetent or creating the artificial scarcity i don't understand it i don't understand how you can not know your popularity and your appeal <laughs> and then on the other hand you're screwing with your fan base yeah a fan base that's been dying since the early 2000s because really the GameCube is when people started jumping off the Nintendo wagon and going over to the PlayStation and the Xbox. You've been losing fans ever since then. Your previous console was a joke. Yeah. And you're going to treat you know, your fans you... like this after everything that we've stuck by you for over the past 15 years, those of us that have stayed, yeah, I'm sorry I didn't give you my money for a Wii U. I didn't want one, <laughs> you know? Well, you were one of many, many people that did not. It was not a console I wanted. I'm sorry. and But the Switch, that is right up my alley. I mean, that that trailer spoke to me in a way that Nintendo hasn't spoken to me in 20-something years. Like, this is a console meant for me, the longtime Nintendo fan. And then before that, they release 
the mini NES, which is like, here, here's some nostalgia for you before you we give you our new brand new, you know, powerful console that you're going to play all kind of new stuff on that we've got third party support for. Here you go. And then we're, we get all excited. And then they're like, oh, sorry, we fucked it up. You're not getting one. But you can buy one from some asshole on Facebook for $1,000 if you really want one. Fuck you, Nintendo. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I just don't get it. This is the angry episode, really man. <laughs> no, I, I like it. That's good stuff. I hope my mom no, doesn't I just, listen to this I... episode. <laughs> Say again? I said, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this episode. Oh, same here. No, it, it's, it really, when it boils down to it, I just don't understand it. Like, I'm trying to comprehend how it makes sense, because much like Spock, logic's a big thing to me. And this makes <laughs> zero sense either way. But it, it just doesn't. <clears throat> let's move on to a little bit of happier stuff. So let's go ahead and uh, if that's all you have to say, let's go ahead and move on to uh, this month in video game history. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. In 1992, on November 21st, Sega publishes Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Mega Drive slash Genesis Master System, and Game Gear. The game introduces Sonic's signature ability, the Spin Dash, and Sonic sidekick Miles Tails Prower. A seventh Chaos Emerald is introduced, and with it, the ability to turn into Super Sonic. Um, I, I love Sonic the Hedgehog games. Uh, you know, we've talked about that numerous times. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is probably my all-time favorite just because it introduces Tails, introduces a lot of new dynamics. It it took the foundation that Sonic 1 built and made it even better. The colors were brighter. The music was better. You had the spin dash, so you had the ability to you know, do cooler things. Uh, the special stage was really cool. You run through a, like a half-pipe tunnel trying to collect rings and avoid bombs. And if you get a certain amount, then you progress to part two of it and then part three. And then if you get enough rings, you get the Chaos Emerald. Um, I, I miss Sonic games like this, and I, I can't remember if we've talked about this on this podcast, but sometime early next year, Sega is releasing a new Sonic game called Sonic Mania. Yeah, we where did talk it, about that. Okay, we did, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a traditional 2D side-scroller like the old Sonic games, and that game I'm absolutely stoked for. I'm going to be getting that 
uh, the day it comes out. I I, I love this game. I, I'm glad you put this on the this month in video game history. Yeah, I figured you would love that. I know you're the Sonic the Hedgehog fan of the group here. I was never a big uh, Sega fan. But you know what? If Sega really wants to uh, stick a finger in Nintendo's <laughs> eye, they should release a mini Sega Genesis and uh, actually put out enough for people to be able to buy. Oh man, this this is this cut's gonna run deep for a long time. Yeah, it is. <laughs> in uh, in nineteen ninety three in November, uh, LucasArts releases Salmon Max Hit the Road. Uh, I remember the Salmon Max games, but I never played them. Did you play them? I've actually never heard of them. I'm looking it up right now. Salmon Max Hit the Road. That's interesting cover art. Yeah, it, it reminds me of like a like a, an 80s comic book in a way or maybe yeah. like a 70s comic book yeah it kind of has interesting kind of a weird art style to it i would love to go back and play it um one of these days if i ever get around to it uh on november 5th 1993 mega man 6 was released in japan for nes and on november 11th uh virgin games releases disney's aladdin for the genesis voted genesis game of 1993 by electronic gaming monthly uh, I've never got to play Disney's Aladdin, but I've seen a lot of gameplay of it, and that was a beautiful game for the time. It was. I never got too much into like the Disney, you know, show or movie based games, but I did play Aladdin just because it's my all time favorite Disney movie. Yeah, it, it was. It was fun. Yeah, I never beat it, but what little I did play of it, I really liked it. And it's funny you mentioned uh, a name that. You know, I it, that resonates with me, Electronic Gaming Monthly, because that was one of the uh, the two video game magazines that I subscribed to mm -hmm. every month. It was that and Nintendo Power. Same here. I, I had a subscription I loved, to both. Loved, <laughs> loved Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yeah, that was a really good magazine, and it was thick too. It was oh, like it was three times as thick as Nintendo Power. Could beat somebody over the head with yeah, it. Yeah, you could. It was like a, holding a brick. <laughs> it was like a phone. Yeah, note. it was. No, uh, no, Aladdin. Aladdin was great. I, I would love to. Uh, I'd love to go back and play that game again sometime. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, let's go ahead and go into our um, review for this week. I'm going to be reviewing a game called Air Fortress. <laughs> This was a game that was given to me by a listener, Tyler Watson. Um, I had never heard of this game until he gave me a copy of it. Uh, and it was at there was a time I've spoken to this many times. He gave me a copy of this and Dr. Mario. And we all know the story. I got addicted to Dr. Mario for about a month and a half and never really got around to playing Air Fortress. Uh, I did pop it in when I first got it and played some of the first level. Um, and this game really is a, a hidden gem for the Nintendo. And let me read a little bit about it here. Air Fortress is a video game published in Japan for the Famicom in 1987 in North America for the NES in September 1989 after an initial test release of 385 copies in 1987. Uh, the story is <clears throat> the people of the planet Farmel having recently gained the technology for space travel, eagerly explored the galaxy only to find a herd of monstrous air fortresses moving in their direction. 
They quickly discovered that the fortresses behaved like interstellar locusts, consuming all of the resources and living things in their path. The Space Federation sent their mightiest fleet, which was quickly eliminated by the powerful fortresses. And the final gambit, they sent a single warrior named Hal Bailman, outfitted with a shielded spacesuit, powerful weapons, and a small light ship to infiltrate the fortresses and destroy them from the inside out. Um, I did not know what to expect from this game because the cover art doesn't really give you any um, uh, kind of really doesn't give you an idea of what the game's going to be about because it is, it's not like, um, I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. You, you can go to the wiki page and look at the, uh, the actual artwork for the game. Um, but it's one of those games. It reminds me a lot of blaster master. Did you ever play that game for the NES? I did not. Um, it, it was a blend of two different genres. It was kind of a, a 2d side scroller, um, platformer but you had a vehicle that you could uh, actually exit the vehicle and go into uh different other other different different levels in the game where you actually did it was like it was more platforming uh as the little character with a gun but you could also do platforming in the uh the vehicle but with this game it's a little bit different it's this game reminded me a lot of a mashup between Metroid and Mega Man, if that makes any sense. Um, mm -hmm. But when the game first starts, you are on this little ship and you're going through kind of a 2D side-scrolling shooter, like R-Type or um, Silver Surfer, that type of game. And uh, I thought that's what the entire game was going to be. And when I first played it, I was like, I'm not a real big fan of these kind of side-scrolling shooters, so... I put it to the side and uh, didn't play it. I played Dr. Mario for a while, but I popped this game in about two weeks ago and um, <clears throat> I decided to use my NES advantage with it so I could have turbo and I wouldn't have to sit there and press the button a million times. Um, but I got through that first level and then the game changes. You actually get out of the vehicle, go inside the air fortress, and that's when it becomes a side scrolling platformer. Uh, in the line of Mega Man, but it has a feel of Metroid. You have to go through the Air Fortress, uh, and you have like a jetpack, and you have a limited amount of energy, which you can replenish your energy as you go through the level. Um, you have different enemies that you can shoot, and you don't really walk as much as you kind of fly everywhere, and there are different obstacles in your way. Um, things that drain your energy, uh, things that, you know, you have to dodge and shoot and, uh, and go around obstacles and things like that. But you get to a point in the Air Fortress, excuse me. Sorry, I had to hit the cough button there for a second, having a little cold this week. Um, but you get to a point where you have to actually destroy uh, kind of the heart of the, the Air Fortress. And it's almost like a, um, when you're fighting Mother Brain and uh metroid and once you destroy that brain of the air fortress then you have to escape the air fortress before it explodes so you got to either go like back the way you came or, or go a different way there's like different ways to get in and out so it's a really interesting fun game to play because it is a mashup of different genres of gameplay um and I think the only thing that really held this game back from 
being in the public consciousness and being an actual like classic because I really do think that this game is a hidden gem of the Nintendo and people should play this game. I think the only thing holding this game back were the graphics weren't that great. Um, you could, if you could find some uh, screenshots of the game, um, it's really not that pretty of a game to look at. It's kind of basic, but the gameplay actually, uh, the gameplay is what really sets this game apart because it's so fun. Like the gameplay makes up for the fact that the, um, that the graphics aren't that great for the game. So I think if they would have taken a little more time with the graphics, I think this game would have been up there with uh, Blaster Master, Mega Man, Metroid. It would have been a, a Nintendo classic. Yeah, I'm looking at some screenshots now. Yeah, the, the graphics, you can tell, weren't the greatest. Yeah, I they, will say they... I, I do like you explaining that it's kind of a, a combination of yeah. different types of gameplay. You know, like you're partially in your ship and then mm -hmm. you can get out of it. That's something that you know you don't really think of when you think of a, an NES game. You think it's either one or the other. So yeah. the fact that you can do both, I think, is really cool. And it was really surprising when that happened because uh, I was, you know, I was expecting it to be one thing, but then you get something else, and then you, you know, it becomes this whole other thing. And you know, I I don't want to harp on a game for not having great graphics because you know I'm not a graphics horror or anything. But it just wasn't that pleasant to look at. You know, if it would have had brighter graphics like Mega Man, it would have made the experience so much better. But you can definitely tell that it's a game that was built in the early days of the Famicom and the NES. Like, even though it wasn't released until 1989 in, Amer in North America, it was, made, it was a game that was developed in 1986 uh, in Japan. So it was very early Famicom Nintendo graphics, because if you look, you know, by the time this game was released, you know, like Mega Man 2 was out at this time. And you look at different, you, you compare screenshots of Mega Man to this game, and it's like night and day. Oh, yeah. Um, looking at the, kind of going back to the, the cover art, when you were trying to describe, you know, like what it kind of reminded you of, what it makes me think of, did you ever see the movie Heavy Metal? Yeah, yeah. It looks like one of the segments from Heavy Metal. Yeah, it like does. it looks like it's ripped straight from one of them. Well, it has a look to it. the The cover art looks a lot like the old cover art from uh, the old Atari cartridges. Yeah, like the whole cover tells a story, but. You know, it's like it, it's airbrushed and it's like it's really cool, like sci-fi artwork. Like it looks like when you look at it, it doesn't look like a game. It looks like it would be kind of one of those like science fiction books you would get from like uh, Scholastic or something. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree that this does sound pretty interesting. You know, I, I remember you mentioning it a few weeks back when Tyler gave it to you. And uh, I, I was curious to hear what you thought of it. I, it's another game I'll need to look up some gameplay for. Definitely yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah, and I I would I you know I would recommend this game to anybody out there that has a Nintendo and is looking for you know any type of really good game to play on the Nintendo. 
this is definitely one of those games you should pick up if you come across it. Um, even if you can find a copy on like eBay or something, it shouldn't be that expensive to pick up a copy of this game. Because like I said, it's not considered like a classic or anything. I didn't even know this game existed until he gave it to me. But uh, um, one thing I did want to say, the the main character's name, Hal Bailman. Yeah. Perfect sci-fi name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Sounds like he'd fit in with Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to up my scale. I used to do a scale of five, but I think uh, I'm going to take a cue from you and start doing on a scale of ten. Uh, so out of ten, I would give this game a solid seven. If the graphics would have been a little bit more on par with, uh, you know, Mega Man or something like that, I would have given it probably a nine. But, man. Eh. The gameplay the is still good pretty enough. good, though. Yeah, the gameplay is great. It's a fun game to play, but it's just not that interesting to look at. I mean, the, the graphics are like very early Nintendo graphics. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, if, if you find this game out there, anybody that's looking to, to pad out their collection, it's definitely a cool game to pick up. And thank you, Tyler. I know you're listening. I hope you made it this far and we didn't... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> make you want to turn it off for all the bitching we did about Nintendo earlier. Uh, we apologize for that, but you know, come on, Nintendo, get your act together, man. We love I'm, you. We've, we've been in your pocket for 30 years, man. Give us some respect. And I, I'll, I'll say this in closing about the Nintendo thing. I, I still want the switch, but Nintendo has got to rethink how they release things. Like they've they've yeah. got to look at what Sony and Microsoft have done and realize that this is how the video game industry is. Now, yeah, we love Nintendo for its nostalgia, but it's also 2016. Yeah, you can't have that that artificial scarcity model anymore. It doesn't work like that anymore. We don't live in a world where people are patient. And are going to wait until, you know, you get off your ass to produce, you know, 50,000 more that are going to come out in three weeks. Like, no, when somebody wants something, they want it when they want it. And there's no telling probably how many people they've angered and people are not going to pick it up now that would have picked it that would have picked it up if it, if it would have just been available. If you want to see a good example of how people feel about this whole situation, go to Amazon, find the link for the NES, uh, the NES Mini, and look at the reviews. Hmm. Last I checked, and this was probably the day after the the system came out, it was at over two thousand reviews and an average of one and a half stars. Wow, that alone should tell you how hmm. people feel about this whole thing. So come on, Nintendo, get it together, man. You've been a company for over 120 years. I mean, <laughs> you know, you've been around this long for a reason. Start listening to people. Hire some people. If you don't understand social media, hire someone that does. And yes. get your act together. Because come on, man. It's 2016. Let's do this. No, Exactly. Um, I did want to say uh, one last thing. Um, next week will be my review. I was looking at the different games that I have listed here, and I was thinking, what could I do? I'm actually going to make a challenge to myself. 
Have you ever heard of the game Harvest Moon? Hmm. I've heard of it. I don't. It's not. It's not immediately coming to mind what it is. It's a game about farming. All you do is farm. You grow <laughs> crops. You raise livestock. And I'm going to explain, and hopefully I can convince everyone why it's one of my favorite SNES games. Okay. And then have a game about farming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I forgot to bring up, too, I added another game to the list that I picked up this last week. I got a copy of Double Dragon off of eBay for $11 free shipping. Nice. I actually played Double Dragon. Um, I was, to give kind of a, a brief, I guess, explanation... Um, I was in uh, Houston, Texas for a, a video board conference for my work. And Monday night, we went out to a, a bar called Kung Fu Saloon. It was also a retro arcade. It had uh, the old Ninja Turtles arcade game. It had Galaga, The Simpsons, Mario Kart, Double Dragon, Mortal Kombat, Skee-Ball, NFL Blitz. And all the games were free. That's fantastic. And Double Dragon was was one of them, and I, I had never really played it. And uh, sure enough, and I mean, this has kind of become a running gag on the show, but as soon as I saw it, I pictured Fred Savage in my head saying, yeah, he kicks ass on Double Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I popped it in. Double Dragon was always one of my favorite games when I was a kid. Um. You know, I might actually review this in two weeks. I, it's either going to be this or Crystalis, but I can go ahead and tell you this now. Double Dragon doesn't hold up. Yeah, I tried playing it, and I was like, oh, this is this is a little rough. Yeah, it's not quite as good as I remember it to be. Yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a classic, but... Yeah. It is unfortunate that it doesn't hold up. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I have a copy of it. It's one of the games that I have on my must-have list. Uh, of games that you know I did own or never owned and always rented and always wanted to own it this this game was on that list and I'm glad I got it but I played it for about two hours the other day and I just I took it out and I was like yeah I'll probably never play this again <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> sad uh, it's a good thing to have though yeah but I will say I don't care how pissed off I get at it. Ninja Gaiden still holds up, man. That is still one of the best games ever made for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And if you don't have a copy of Ninja Gaiden, what are you doing? Yeah, as soon as I get uh, an NES, that'll be one of the first games I get for it. You have to. But, Absolutely. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully next week's show will be uh, much more positive. Yes, <laughs> we, we've 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 kind of kind of decompressed. I feel better now that we've you know because I I've been sitting on this subject for a week now. Yeah, and I I've been thinking in you know the past couple of days we knew what we were going to be talking about on this week's episode. Yeah, and I just needed to get all this off my chest. So everybody out there listening, if you're still with us, I thank you for sticking through that little rant. I needed <laughs> to get that off my chest. So. You go back and you listen to our other episodes and you've been with us from the beginning. You know where we're pretty happy, guys. And, you know, we always like to talk about positive things. But sometimes something comes along that just slaps you in the face and you just really need to get it off your chest. And I needed to get that off my chest. So thank you for sticking with us through that. 
Well, I mean, it's the good thing about doing a podcast like this is it really gives you an outlet to to vent your frustrations when it comes to stuff like this. So yeah, no, it's it's all good. I mean, I I, I wanted to, to talk about it too. So it was just it, a it was, crappy it was end to a horrible week, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and uh, since people will be, it'll be the the week before Thanksgiving or week of Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yes, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Eat lots of turkey and stuffing and, uh, you know, whatever you want to do on Thanksgiving. Don't, you know, don't get in a fight with your uh, your drunk uncle or anything like that. Just uh, everybody <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> uh, just uh, eat yourself into a food coma. Yeah. And, and all will be right with the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and usually don't they play uh, um, a Christmas story? On Thanksgiving Day, that's like when they start playing it for like 24-hour marathons, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I might have to eat some turkey and sit back and watch a Christmas story. Now, r- real quick, because th- this has been a subject with multiple people. What is your stance on Christmas stuff, like Christmas music? Do you wait till after Thanksgiving to, oh, yeah. to break out the Christmas stuff? Oh, yeah. We don't even touch the Christmas uh, decorations until well after Thanksgiving. Good. Yeah, I'm not one of those Good. crazy people. There, there was a funny, funny work story. Uh, our uh, media relations manager, she's a huge Christmas fan, and she was like, uh, she's like, hey, I'm gonna play some uh, some Christmas music, and her office is like two down from ours, and we're like, no, it's not, it's not after Thanksgiving. You can't do it. <laughs> we're just not gonna allow it. So, she, this is what she claims is that she uh, accidentally played a commercial that had Christmas music in it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as this happens, and thank God that our offices are up in the press box away from everybody else, because I probably would have gotten sent home from this, I picked up my chair, threw it across the room, and then slammed the door shut and just yelled, fuck, really loudly. <laughs> Come and on, and my boss just died laughing. He's like, that is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's too early for Christmas music, man. Yeah. And this, this, makes... was, this was a couple of months ago. You know what makes me angry? When at the beginning of October, like literally, like the first week of October, they're pulling all the Halloween decorations down so they can put all the ho- the Christmas crap up in all the stores. I mean, it makes no sense that Halloween hasn't even arrived yet. Yeah. Like, I went to the store, a couple of stores around here. You know, like, there, we've got Target and Walmart and a couple, like, little local places around here. And you go in there, and, like, all the Halloween stuff is already being, like, taken down and discounted and, like, shoved over in the corner so that, like, Christmas can just vomit everywhere. This is what stores should do. This is the model that I've set up. Okay, so you've got – you set up your Halloween stuff in October. Then after Halloween is over, we're into November. Mm-hmm. You can leave pumpkins up, not the, the jack-o'-lantern ones, but just you know your plain pump, pumpkins, yeah. and you can set up maybe some, some leaves. You know, Have a nice fall-looking atmosphere, usually you know, like your browns, your oranges, and then – the day after Christmas is when you unveil all the Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So you have you have Halloween for one month, and then you basically have all of November for you don't even have to say it's Thanksgiving, just call it, you know, fall decorations. Yeah. Well, until we as a people rise up and demand that Christmas go back to its own damn month, <laughs> it's never gonna get any better. We rise uh, up, people. Rise up with me. Go go down to your <laughs> local Walmart or big lots or whatever you have, Target, and demand that they not put out any Christmas decorations until the day after Thanksgiving should be a law. Uh, I want to recreate the the scene from The Dark Knight Rises where Bane is in the football stadium. Yeah. <laughs> and he's giving that speech, but I want to replace it with, you know, Christmas after Thanksgiving. Yes. That would be amazing. Maybe we can do that uh, and just redub in the uh, <laughs> the audio. Uh, I'll work on my Bane impression. Okay. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, yeah, good stuff. Well, um, that's, I think that's just gonna just about do it for this week. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, no, I I don't believe so. I, I'm right. good. Well, um, I guess that's just gonna do it. And now I'm gonna press the button to do the music. There it is. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> let me go ahead and get. The, see, I got two screens pulled up right now because I can't get my damn uh, internet browser up on the main computer. So I'm trying to do like five things at once. Um, so yeah, if you want to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at nerdcaveretro, at jfunktastic, at Derek underscore diamond. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So tell them what to do, Derek. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.